Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Welcome back to part two of The Rhythm of Love with me, Ochi Babuse. I am joined today by one of my greatest friends of all time, Gethin Jones. Gethin, we're going to jump right into it. Are you ready? Yeah. How did part one go? Did I say anything controversial? Or? No, but it's good to be controversial. It gives you a little bit of toughness. There you go. Oh, oh. You've always said that to me. You've always, <laughs> you've always encouraged me to be controversial. I'm like, no, OT. I'm going back over here with my vanilla flavored personality. <laughs> I'm adding a little bit of hot sauce on you. Hot sauce on the vanilla. Grab a spoon. Look out. Part two. We're going to talk about your amazing career on Blue Peter. But that wasn't the first show you started with, wasn't it? What was your first TV show? What was what was it called, Oates? Uh, it was on Channel 4. You, you can't see my sister's name. You might struggle with this one. It was called United Something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking... It was a Welsh show, though. It was. United. I, it's good. That's good. It's actually... It's called Ened Pimp on S4C. Yeah. On the Welsh, Welsh 4th channel. U-N-E-D. Yeah. But it's Unit 5, because it made me laugh, because that's the address. It was Unit 5 in Kibbin. So you just called it <laughs> Unit 5. Why not? I think simple titles are the best ones, don't you? I do. I love it. I love <laughs> Unit it. Unit 5, Kibbin Canaveral. What should we call it? I know. Unit 5. <laughs> so how is that? How did you get that job? First job ever. Uh, no, f- first job on telly was my 24th birthday with a lady by the name of Alex Jones. Wow. Do you know her? Yeah. Off of the one show. Yeah. The Alex Jones. The Alex Jones, the two Jonesies. So we started on a show called uh, Pop D together, oh, wow. uh, which is like the Welsh kids version of Top of the Pops okay. in the Welsh language. <laughs> and we did like eight series together. So yeah, I started on telly with Al. How did you get that? Uh, because I was working on a viewer's hotline, which took complaints about people on telly, which is quite ironic because I went from taking complaints about people to... Uh, causing the complaints about six months later when I started on the telly. Um, but, <laughs> um, so, um, they, 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 I don't know, they just sort of, I was a TV, uh, the, um, viewers hotline and, uh, they were like, you ever thought about presenting? I went, don't be silly. I said, come for an audition. Went for an audition. I was terrible. And the guy who got it didn't want it. And they're like, look, basically there's a real shortage of boys. I'm filling the blanks here. There's a real shortage of, shortage of boys who can speak Welsh. Do you want to do the job? I'm like, yeah. So I turned up double denim, yellow t-shirt with Alex and Sarah Elgan. Um, I earned, you know, more money than I've ever earned in my life over a week. It was something like 800 quid. I thought I was the richest man in the world. Loved the process of making the telly and then, um, watched it back and died a little bit inside. But, <laughs> but then worked as hard as I could. I made my own course up for presenting and I did it every day religiously to try and get better. Um, because I knew it was an opportunity that probably didn't come along that often. Did you have any mentors when you started yeah. your first yeah. jobs? 
Yeah, for sure. The, the, my boss in that first job, Shuan, and then my next boss, Nace, and then the editor of Blue Peter, Richard Marson. Um, mm-hmm. Just all absolute. You know, you don't often meet inspirational people. Yeah. Um, within the well, well, I haven't in my industry, but there's been a few that have just, um, just been an incredible. You know, tough love, mm-hmm. but it's probably what I needed. Yeah. Let, let, let's talk about kind of the stories that, that happened of Blue Peter, because I've heard some of them more than once, more than twice, more than I've actually liked to hear about them. Oh, it's the space story. Yes, you, never wanna, <laughs> you never want to hear the space story. Tell me about the space story. You are so two-faced. When I tried <laughs> telling you the space story last week on the phone, like, I'm busy, I've got to go, Geth. And now you're like, oh, Geth, because we're on the Rim of Life podcast, why don't you tell me about the space story? I see through you. It's okay. because I've I heard it you. five times. But At I least still five want times. Views. Great story. It's a great story. Tell us. Uh, Blue Peter was the most magnificent unreal surreal amazing experience i could possibly imagine uh three and a half years 31 countries six broken bones four world records two lifetime ambitions you know and it doesn't really tell half the story the biggest thing for me was the people that we met around the world just phenomenal like you just don't get to see that when you go on holiday you don't book a trip to see these things and i will always be incredibly grateful for that experience it was it wasn't a tv show to me you know i didn't even know how much i was getting paid when i first joined i didn't care really um yeah absolutely yeah it took a pay cut i didn't realize it was a pay cut um (laughs) and i was like uh, and i just got on this plane to vermont to do my first bit of filming thinking this is just immense like amazing so yeah no i want to hear the story about what happened with this space why are you such a big nasa fan Oh, I mean this, but like, basically I went to, uh, Johnson Space Center in Houston, um, and we met Nick Patrick, who's a British astronaut, who's the first man to go to this space station. I think he's still the first British man to visit this space station that they were planning for. And at the end, after breaking the toilet handle, don't tell anyone, probably quite expensive, um, in uh, space center. Um, I said to Nick, will you take my badge to space with you? And he's like, I wouldn't get it through quarantine. I said, like, I'll go and try. And then three months later, when he came back from the mission, we met him in the science museum in um, London. And through all the world's press, he just called me and went, geth, geth, geth. And our camera's rolling. And he just gave me this badge in a bag and just went, this has been to space. It's been around the world around about 898,000 times with the rocket launch, uh, the mission number on it and his signature. And I don't know, for me, it kind of signified the power of the badge, Blue Peter, how much it mattered to him. He was a fan of the show when he was a kid. Everyone knew about it. Um, and you were constantly reminded about uh, how powerful a show it was yeah. to families all around Britain and the difference it was making as well. Oates. You know, like we used to get 2,000 letters a week wow. individually from, from, from children. And, you know, for someone to pick up a pen and write, that's, uh, that's you know, that, that's, it's powerful, isn't it? Yeah. It is powerful. You also flew with the red arrows, didn't you? Flew with the red arrows, flew with Caroline Grace's Spitfire. Have you always wanted to fly? I mean, you have to get training and a license. There has to be some sort of, okay, this is this is going to be a journey. Mm. I have a pilot's license. You know that, don't you? Oh, hey, I do know that. That's what I wanted you to drop. Uh, I've just <laughs> dropped it. I didn't do it very well because I wasn't sure if you set me up for it. I'm with, setting you up. Um, cheers, you set me up. No, but it's, I mean, it's completely different. Like the, the, the red arrows, I just went as a, as a guest to see mm-hmm. if what it was like flying in G-Force and I'd, 
puked everywhere. It's really weird when you're um, being sick in a red arrow. Um, it when you've got positive G, it's really hard to hold the bag close to your mouth because the sick comes out quite slow. And then when you change direction and go to negative G, the sick has the adverse effect, it goes straight back in your mouth, oh, which no! makes you feel even more sick. So I'm literally on camera, you can see sick going in and out of my mouth. <laughs> what time does podcast go out? Because you don't want to hear this during breakfast, do you? We're going to send it on first thing in the morning. <laughs> listen, listen to when you want, but maybe after breakfast. <laughs> I think once you told me you were attacked. By a crocodile and alligator. Alligator, yeah, attacked by an alligator in a Louisiana swamp. Uh, cro- you have done you. I've forgotten this. Yeah, you that told it me. seemed it seemed to make sense at the time. We were just rescuing alligators from swamps, and uh, Lloyd and Zizi. I remember the names. They looked like Hulk Hogan, small and yeah. little and large Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and like, go and just grab its neck. I'm like, yeah, perfectly normal. You know, went in Rome, jumped on this alligator. Surprisingly, he didn't like it, so he <laughs> threw me off. And then was a moment. Well, I looked at the alligator and the alligator looked back. I've made this bit up, but actually he, um, he smacked me with his tooth and I had a wicked scar on my ankle for ages. Oh my um, God. But I'm gutted it's gone. I had an alligator headbutt scar on my ankle. But so you weren't wicked. petrified, scared, nervous at all? <laughs> Absolutely shit myself. Sorry, did you not hear the Starlight story where I jumped on an alligator and the alligator then wanted to kill me? How do you think I felt? No. You know, with time, I've been able to tell the story with less scared. But yes, I sometimes shiver at night thinking about it. Whatever. It's a big old thing as well. <laughs> no, it's because if somebody said to me, go grab it by a neck, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Why? Of course you would. No, you go would grab an moment. alligator by the neck. No, I'm not. I know. No, jump on the alligator. So Zizi had the mouth. And then Lloyd was taking the tail. I had to jump on the body because I was the heaviest. Oh. And then they just eventually, they got insulation tape and just wrapped it around his mouth. And that apparently was absolutely fine. And then we put it on the truck and took it back to the swamp. What? <laughs> Another normal day on in the Blue Peter office. And the other story that you've told me, which I love, I think you said you were with Samurais in Japan. What's it? No, I, there's not much of a story other than that we, we trained with the Shaolin monks and then we became samurai warriors. Just another normal week of the office. I remember Blue Peter, the weirdest week ever was we were um, supposed to do something with David Beckham. Yeah. And um, I was flying to Malawi after doing a commando yomp in Devon and then dressed as a mermaid the next day <laughs> for book club. Supposed to be interviewing Beckham on the Thursday, but I had to fly to Malawi. So we had to say, sorry, Beckham can't make it. I always think that was the weirdest week ever, you know, sort of turning down David Beckham because I'm dressed as a mermaid on the way to Malawi. Was there anything ever doing Blue Peter where you were like, this I'm not doing, guys. I can't, I can't, I can't. Oh, yeah, 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 all the time. But then I think that's that's what changed. Then that got a bit scary because I kept pushing myself beyond my limits. Yeah. And then you didn't know what your limit was. Mm. Um, I was really scared of the dark, so that they, they thought it would be good to put me in the London dungeon for 24 hours but they didn't tell me there were live actors in there <laughs> that was horrendous absolutely i'm not sure it did me any good scientifically whatsoever it just shit myself for the rest of my life every time you, i turn the lights out <laughs> you were still scared of the dark yeah i had a couple of bad break-ins back in the day and it always sort of affected me i'm not so bad now i always used to have to wash my feet before in a bed as well is that too much information <laughs> but i've got out of that habit too isn't that weird? I couldn't go to sleep unless I washed my feet. So weird. I don't know when it stopped, actually. I'm a bit weird. I used to suck my um, hand when I was a kid so hard. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but you see my finger's a bit bent. That one. That's from, because I used to put my whole hand in, and that's why I had to have braces. Honestly, why am I single, Oates? 
I don't understand. I've got no words. <laughs> I've got no words. <laughs> to, um, to finish on a lovely positive one, Blue Peter, oh. though, I think one of the most amazing experiences was um, the Commando Yomp, which is what yeah. the Marines do as their final pass out before becoming Marines. And, mm. it, you know, against all the odds, the, the pretty presenter turns up, there's no way he's going to do it. Anyway, I eventually do it, and it was horrendous. You know, you lose all your toenails, back's gone, the arm is twice the size because your rifle is taking away the blood. Um, and then I got over the line and got a round of applause, and they offered me a green berry, um, and I said no because they wow. were going to war, and I wasn't. I was going to be a mermaid in Batsy Park the next day. And um, there was a little girl called Millie who was seven years old at the time. She was so upset that I didn't take my green berry. She decided to knit me one with a Blue Peter badge on it. But she made Aww. it to the size of my head on screen. So I still have it. It's about <laughs> that big. And I leave it on my office here just to remind myself of the power of television. You know, like she felt the need to do that. I think yeah. that's really cool. And, and however cheesy that sounds, it's really important to me that if you're going to do something on telly, then it's got to be worthwhile. Yeah. That's amazing. But doing all these things and you're doing them on TV, people are watching you. Thousands and thousands of people are watching you. Does it make you fearless? Because obviously we spoke about the bullying in part one and that kind of made you hold back. But you you come to a job like Boo Peter, you're absolutely smashing it. Do you now go, there's nothing I can't do? I'm absolutely fearless. I wish I could say the answer to that is, yes, I'm absolutely fearless but it wouldn't be true mm. um i think it made me more scared i remember john alomu the, the world famous rugby player i had an opportunity to film with him once and i was asking him about being scared and pushing his limits and stuff and he said i he was always just frightened about doing his best i sort of took that with me really yeah do you not think like if i'm prepared and i know what i'm doing and i'm really happy and i'm confident but i'm not fearless you know i'm scared of a lot of things um mm. But I don't think that's a bad thing. And on Blue Peter, I wasn't scared of saying I'm scared. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of young boys who are scared of stuff. And, and why am I trying to be someone I'm not? Um, yeah. So however that comes across, I don't care. But I know it's absolutely authentic. Do you feel like if you acknowledge it, you're more likely to be able to overcome it because you identify it? Absolutely. Yeah, that's the key, isn't it? It's like, look, I'm scared of the situation. I'm just scared. Why am I scared? What can I do to make mm. it better? Let's go from there. And I think yeah. starting on live telly was so alien. So I was so scared of it all. I remember yeah. the first whistle on Blue Peter. I remember, you know, walking down to do the cha-cha for the first time on Strictly thinking, what am I doing here? I've had a complete block. And I know you've experienced that with partners over the years, but it, when it's out your comfort zone, and then it turned out to be one of the best experiences of my life. So yeah. I'm glad I did take that first Cuban step. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't have the stories to tell. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Speaking of Strictly, how is it? Because a lot of the time we work with celebs and we don't really talk to them about the experience of being vulnerable and learning a whole new skill in front of millions of people. How did you find that? You know, you've come on to, to host Morning Life. Yeah. And I've come on to try to do Strictly. Yeah. I was chatting to Johannes the other day about this, and I didn't know this, and I'm sure you won't mind me sharing this. Yeah. But he came in one morning, and he was really quiet. I'm like, you okay? Is everything all right? And I was WhatsApping him in the studio going, everything all right? Anything we can do? What's going on? And he sort of, we chatted after. I, I gave him a call, and he was like, look, I'm just not comfortable on camera if I'm not dancing. So he's really, he's super confident when he's dancing, but when he's got, you know, we're doing, having a bit of banter or what's coming up today, Johannes, he hasn't done that before. And you yeah. forget, don't you? It's yeah. a different skill. So when I'm going on to try and like dance, I'm like, I'm scared of what I'm doing. And he's whirlwinding around me. And then going into the studio like that, I'm going, everything all right, bud? Everything cool? And he's yeah. like, no, not really. Not really. And, I, and that's the point, isn't it? It's out your comfort zone. It's yeah. the fear of the unknown. Um, Camilla was brilliant at putting me at ease. And mm. I suppose I learned from that as well. So yeah. with Johannes, I'm like, what can I do for you to make this better? Yeah. So it's an enjoyable experience. What is the one thing that you took away from Strictly? Oh my God. Third. <laughs> um, I, Best third I, place ever. What did I take away from it? I can't, I, I, for me, it was so weird. You know, I hardly hadn't really worn makeup before. I didn't really know what telly was. I was really naive going into it. Um, I took away, well, for me, it was just the family loved it. And that was amazing that mm. my sister and my mum, who are super fans, got to come up and enjoy it every week. It was weird for me because I met someone, as you know, on the show yeah. as well. And that was a bizarre because she was super high profile mm. and I hadn't experienced any kind of fame or anything we'd gone for i'd gone from you know blue peter okay unit five unit five <laughs> to strictly the biggest show on telly dating a you know a world famous singer i suppose um can you imagine what that's like in the space of a couple of months yeah. i remember being in claudia winkleman's dressing room going oh my god everyone's talking about us in the press and she she was literally like don't worry about it it'll pass i'm like no we don't understand they're all talking about us in the press and she's obviously she knew way more than me at the time yeah. and, and was brilliant at it and just saying, don't worry, don't worry. But yeah. um, it was, it was pretty weird. So I took a lot of self-confidence from being able to express myself dancing, but mm. then everything changed massively with sort of this relationship that was developing. Yeah. It, it shifts your mindset, doesn't you? It makes you realize that the micro, what do you call it? The micro thingy. I forgot the word now. Go on. Micro. Microscope is bigger. It's bigger on such a platform. Oh my goodness! And to do it in, in at such a pace as well. Yeah. You know, it, from probably not many people knowing who I was, other than Blue Peter viewers, to being in people's houses on a Saturday night. You, you yeah. know, and, and sort of having a little journey that was that, that I did do, which was fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was. It was really, really odd. It was really odd, and. I'm glad. I like to think, I can't say it's not still affecting me in some ways, but I like to think that I, I came out of it okay because I could yeah. have gone down a very different path. 
Yeah, because you went from people's telly every Saturday night to people's telly every weekday on Morning Live. <laughs> did you see well, how I did a, that segue? <laughs> you've missed out 12 years there, but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I just thought the interesting part, keep it with the interesting yeah, no, part. Yeah, no, 12 years, nothing much happened. And then, <laughs> that'll be my I- autobiography. <laughs> Flipping <laughs> strictly, then nothing much happened. I can go years. into then, it, but it's uh, hard. It's a hard. But I want to. I want to talk a lot more about Bonnie Life because I love Bonnie Life, and you are like so brilliant, brilliant on it. What is it about that show that you love so much? Uh, my goodness, I love it when you guys come on. I genuinely mean that. I think you bring. And by you guys, I mean you know, the, our Strictly pros that, that come on. Mm. I think it's lovely to see you outside of the Strictly window. Yeah, You know, as a fan, it's cool that you come on and do that. I like the fact that it's not just about coming on and doing a bit of fitness, that we get to know you a bit more. Do you not think? You know, it's nice, isn't it? Like every morning we say, oh, so how do you feel about that? What do you think about that? What Have you ever put rice in the microwave? Um, Yeah. uh, What about your MDF boards? What what are you going to do to sand that down? And it's, I don't know, it's just a bit of normality um, that we don't always get to see with you guys. Um, I love the fact it's not about me and Kim. It's never, mm. it never has been about me and Kim and never will be. Um, I describe it as a big WhatsApp group that has uh, grown and grown. Um, I think it's been really lovely during lockdown to have it and yeah. to have some expert advice from our brilliant family. But I'm also excited about what the show will look like when we're not fixated fully on vaccines and COVID, mm. whenever that might be. So um, the challenge now is obviously to, to keep it where it is and to keep striving to do the best show that we can but um i i feel so blessed and lucky to go to work every day i love our team as you know Uh, i love making the show yeah um the success just comes from the ideas of our viewers and we're lucky to have them do you think um it came at the right time in your life morning live (laughs) that's a loaded question i didn't skip 12 years for nothing (laughs) (laughs) maybe you're right you know like i think you can look at it like a relationship. It's about timing, isn't it? Mm. Would I have been ready to do this 10 years ago? I don't know. Yeah. You know, after making the decision that I was probably not going to do telly much more, I always kept my professionalism up there. My preparation was the same, but maybe I just chilled out a little bit. Yeah. You know, not worried so much about, you know, it's not sweating the small stuff and just trying to enjoy it a bit more. And that's, um, you know, so far so good, I think, that feedback-wise. So, yeah, maybe maybe now is the time to do it. Do you think there's a secret in actually listening to the viewers and talking about what people want to discuss every day? God, that's a tricky one, isn't it? Because, you know, with social media now, you're never really sure who's who's out there just to, to win a point and who really cares. Yeah. Um, I think, obviously, we do loads of audience feedback. Um, the BBC does that. There's loads of systems in place, the traffic light system, the verbatim system, the gateway system, um, all of which I looked into because I was quite interested in. Um, but it's really difficult at the, at the end of the day you've got someone to make a decision you mentioned our boss um, Emma before I think she's incredible as a yeah. leader and her instinct for TV is, is world class so mm. we're lucky to have her and for sure you know the forefront is what do people want Yeah. and then obviously our job then is to produce it in a way that's um, it's informative but enjoyable mm-hmm. from this whole TV career that you've had to today what has been the rhythm really that's kept you going of your life? Um, I think the ultimate goal for me is to be a father. Um, I've never made a secret of that. Um, 
there are things I want to achieve as well with the little charity that I have, um, which is involved with autism. And that's mm. building a, a school for mm-hmm. children with autism, which we are in the process of doing. And I think that's what it's all been about, really. You know, I've always been careful with money. Um, that enabled me to study, mm. to do my master's in case I want a plan B, which which I hope I will have one day. But that's the ultimate goal um, yeah. in life, really. Yeah. You know, it's the... It's a, the generation thing. What advice would you have for anybody who wants to become a presenter and have such an adventurous career as you've had? Oh my goodness. OT has changed so much, hasn't it? Over the years when I started, there's so much choice now. And in some ways it's easy just to put yourself on telly and get yourself on YouTube. That's a good thing. But at the same time, you need a lot of luck along the way. So I think for me, it's um, having the backup plan has always been really important. Like, as I say, I've invested in things off camera to mm. enable me to do the things I really want to do on camera. And that's not a bad way to go. Yeah. It might not be the sexy way to go or the popular way to go, but it's, you know, it's meant I can stay in the game for a bit longer. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes, and just, just on this last point that, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm just existing. And when you feel like that, you need to change that. Yeah. If that makes sense. Otherwise you wake up and a year's gone. Yeah, and it's sort of I've got to constantly remind myself of what's important in life and go after that whilst finding a balance whilst trying to help others which is something I'm really passionate about yeah and lastly what are the things that you're most grateful for oh goodness I think health I think especially this year Mm. you know my sister she's she's only been able to tell me some of the stories after obviously because of patient confidentiality so some of the things she's seen people taken away for what seems like no reason at all it's got to be health um mm. first and foremost and, and after that you can really treat every day like it's a gift can't you and, and make the most of it hopefully oh okay thank you so much it's, it's been it's been absolutely lovely talking to you i mean i get this chat about twice a week for two hours hang on a minute it's reciprocal <laughs> i have to listen to you go on as well it's not all just you just just so people don't think you call me up and it's like a podcast, from, like a therapy podcast for me every week. <laughs> yes, we have our chats. One hour, me, one hour, you. Just yeah. chatting. But thank you. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for coming and speaking your truth and, and just being honest and genuine about your life. I appreciate that. Always a pleasure for you, Oaks.